Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill presents Inner Sight with your host, Robert Anderson. He, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Welcome. Inner sight is simply seeing that which is always present, but not yet fully recognized. You have, within you, the ability to see yourself and the world around you in a new way with new eyes. So, stay with us and together... We'll look at the world and ourselves with inner sight. Our topic for today, the heart and the head. Before we explore this topic, I'd like to say a few words about Alice Bailey, founder of the Lucis Trust. Lucis Trust sponsors this show. Alice Bailey also wrote 24 books of esoteric philosophy, and those 24 books are the main inspiration for the dialogue that you hear on this show. The following thought is also from the works of Alice Bailey. With heart and head aligned, the healing force can flow with power through you to others. Is it better to be heart-centered than to be someone who lives in his head? I don't think one should have to make a choice. And in fact... I dislike the idea that we, some people quantify or qualify uh, other people as being heart-centered people or people who are living in their head. It's the same kind of thing as labeling people who are right-brained or left-brained. I think we're supposed to use all of our brain. And doesn't science say we only use about 10%? So why are we trying to separate people into right or left brain categories when we only use 10% of our brain to begin with. And and something similar applies to those we identify as heart-centered and those as head-centered, as if people who live in their head are not as alive and human. In the ageless wisdom, both the head and the heart are needed, and they are both part of the spiritual path that we all tread. The path of the heart is called the mystical way, and it's the path of union. Many very uh, religious people are familiar with the the path of the heart because it's the seeking of union with with God, with the other, with whatever source of divinity 
we recognize um, the emphasis is on God transcendent, divinity or God being beyond us, apart from us, above us. The path of the head is the path of spiritual development through the mind, through the opening up of the mind, as we talked about in our last program. The Eastern um, Hindu faith uh, has rich teaching on the use of the mind through the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali and the practice of meditation. So we should live in both the head and the heart, and that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, it's uh, finding the balance between between the two and using <clears throat> both of them and uh, those people that do seem to be more in the head, let's say, uh, probably also have a uh, an open heart too, but the, they're concerned for whatever their reason. That It's just their, their way of expressing themselves in this particular lifetime. But... Um, the way of because the way of the mind is through the heart the heart must come the development of the heart precedes the head development and um, so uh, I think the development of the heart is already pretty much accomplished for those who seem to be just living in their head Alice Bailey um, says that the relationship of the head and the heart is essentially the relationship of will and love. Will in this sense being the spiritual will and the heart being the capacity for love. That's very interesting to explore because the head is the, the spiritual gate to purpose, to divine purpose, to... Uh, direction. I think a good symbol for it is the the headlamp that miners wear. If you picture them with that light shining uh, upon their way when they're deep in the uh, mine shaft, that's a good image for the developed head. The mind is light and it gives direction and awakens a sense of purpose. It doesn't reveal the end from the beginning. We we progress step by step without always knowing exactly where we're headed. We can only take the next step ahead. But the Buddha said, be a lamp unto your own feet. Work out your salvation with diligence. He was saying to us, awaken the will, live in the head, use detachment, and use your mind, and you will light, you will cast light upon your way. Right. Uh, the heart opens and reveals the love of God and uh, through meditation and um, unfoldment eventually takes place within the head so it's, there is a linkage there and uh, the two work together mm-hmm. it isn't a question of one or the other mm-hmm. it's a, there is a linking and the, uh, we have to remember in the esoteric uh, traditions also that within the head center the great center of the head there is a correspondence to all the other centers so that even within the head there is a corresponding center that's related to the heart center. I don't know if you can follow that, but um, if you understand something of the chakra system, then um, there is this relationship already established between the head and the heart. 
talking about the hearts, uh, an interesting subject because there's uh, one of my favorite passages from the books of Alice Bailey that explains what the heart is. It's not the warm and fuzzy, touchy-feely approach of the emotional and well-intentioned and warm-hearted individuals who are um, so familiar to us. That's not the heart-centered person in the sense of the ageless wisdom. She wrote, Alice Bailey wrote, that only from the heart center can stream those lines of energy which link and bind together. So the heart center is a center of unification. She said that the heart center builds relationships and also subtle communication, the kind of heart-to-heart communion that enables us to sense what another is thinking, feeling without words being necessary, without a declarative statement being required. One just innately, intuitively knows what they what their need is, what their orientation is. This capacity to function through the heart in this way, Alice Bailey said, is one who will then become a channel of light for the ego and for the illumination of the soul to pour through for the saving of the race and the lighting of those who stumble in dark places. What a wonderful thought to be one who is able to cast light and illumine the way for those who stumble in the dark places. That's a function of the heart. Right. I think too often we may mistake the heart as being some emotional uh, feeling that uh, is very heartfelt, perhaps, but is really more in the nature coming from the solar plexus. And it's it's more related to to feeling and to uh, emotional feeling and, but that isn't really the true heart quality because the true heart has to do with the not-self. It, it, it comes by way of the little self standing aside and becoming, allowing that selfless nature of the soul to come through. And that's where the love, the true love of God comes through in the selfless acts and the selfless uh, outward going of one's energies towards another. And I think that's where the real heart qualities uh, begin to manifest. Another quality of the heart, according to Alice Bailey, is radioactivity. I like that thought, that the awakened heart of a human being is radioactive. She says such a one must demonstrate laws of radioactivity in his own life his life must begin to radiate and have a magnetic effect upon others. And she said, by this I mean he will begin to influence that which is imprisoned in others because he will reach the hidden center in each one. He will reach that which is imprisoned in others. Again, what a wonderful thought to be able to serve our fellow human beings in such a way to evoke, to bring out of them that which is imprisoned and awaiting expression. She followed up by saying, I don't mean the magnetic effect that some people have, you know, the very charismatic, magnetic personalities that are um, often found in celebrities and some very powerful um, figures on the uh, public 
stage. It's not that kind of magnetism. She said, I refer to that spiritual radiation that is only recognized and responded to by those who are themselves awakening their heart. In other words, they their heart is opening up enough to recognize their unity with all people and they evoke that shared sense of unity from others. And so such a person becomes a stimulator of the heart center in his fellow men. Right, and I think that's what other people respond to. They, they respond through their own heart center that when, when uh, that same response is coming from another person, it's, it's a, a synchronous, synchronization of uh, heart qualities. And that's why there is such a, um, such a reaching out towards each other. And I think that that's the true heart quality because it, it uh, synchronizes with the same quality and can stimulate and awaken that same heart quality in, in another person. That is probably a quality that Mother mm-hmm. Teresa had because so many people who were in her presence uh, responded to her on such a, an open and uninhibited level. And I'm thinking on perhaps a lower level, wasn't it Will Rogers, the comedian, uh, of whom it was said he never uh, met a man he didn't like? He was a friend to everyone. He never met a man he didn't like. That's someone who must have had a very open heart and who didn't have to go through the usual um, leaping over the barrier that most people feel uh, with strangers, that there's some kind of barrier that has to be overcome. He just automatically uh, connected with people. Those who have that gift are heart-centered people. We also, to remind everybody, need the head, uh, that which gives purpose and direction and enables us to be the directors of our life. Maybe we need to focus on that a bit more after the break. For those people who just turned in, you're listening to Inner Sight, our topic for today, the heart and the head. Uh, we thank you for the support you've given us in the past, and um, at this point, uh, we're not keeping ahead of our uh, ability to pay for these shows. And I think the one uh, saving factor might be if there is an underwriter out there who is willing to talk with us about the possibility of underwriting the show, there might be a corporation or it might be a very wealthy person. Of course, we would mention the name of the donor in every show, but that's the the only force that we can see that could actually keep us on the air at this point. Uh, So in spite of whatever happens, we certainly thank you for uh, listening to our show and for your past support. Um, Your donations have kept us on this long, and it's been quite a long run, really. We've done many shows, and uh, if there is an underwriter out there, a potential underwriter, and uh, please give us a call or uh, let us know that you're interested in underwriting this show. And uh, send your uh, those people who are, are able to donate, by the way, or if an underwriter would like to send us a letter, Lucis Trust. He trusts us, Lucis Trust, 120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Uh, once again, that uh, donations can be sent or any letter uh, expressing interest in being an underwriter can be sent to Lucis Trust, 
120 Wall Street, New York, New York, 10005. Lucis is spelled L-U-C-I-S. There are a lot of details that can be discovered by keying into the Lucis Trust website. Uh, for one thing, all of our inside programs can be heard on our website at www.lucistrust.org. And uh, there is so much, so much information other than the listening to the archived uh, library of radio shows that we have. On the homepage, you'll find a link to today's program, which will be available for hearing in a day or two. Last week's program is already available, and many of our past programs can also be heard. Once again, it's www.lucistrust.org. The theme of each week's program is posted in advance on our website so that you can see in advance what next Sunday's program will be. If you'd like to get, reach us and get in contact with us for some general information about Lucis Trust, give us a call on our toll-free number, one 866 695-8247 that's one 695 the easy way to remember it is one 866 think of one 866 new york L-U-C-I-S and by the way you can also uh, purchase any of the Alice Bailey books that you've heard mentioned on these shows uh, most people start with uh, uh, the autobiography of Alice Bailey, or the book that's an overview of all 24 books of esoteric philosophy written by Alice Bailey. So you can uh, call up or you can send a letter to us and let us know that you're interested in uh, any of the Alice Bailey books. I was thinking that if uh, someone who was a, a novice on um, uh, the spiritual path, and by the way, there are many people on a spiritual path who will listen to this show, they're all part of our audience, uh, how would you uh, instruct the novice as to how to develop the heart and the uh, and the head as a as a means of uh, reaching a higher level of uh, divinity within themselves? One way would be, as Dale said, to get outside of oneself more, to be more uh, selfless in one's approach to the world, to relationships, to others. It's um, the, the separated self can be a barrier toward against uh, achieving relationship, and the heart is the the, the center for s- unity, for unification, for building bridges and links with others. And uh, the more one gets outside of oneself, the more one awakens the heart. The head, the more we realize that we are in charge of our lives, and that the unfolding of our life is within our control the more we live within the head because we do have the capacity to be the directors of our life particularly in a spiritual sense yes and if you realize that as the heart opens it well let's put it this way the easiest way or the surest way or the safest way to open the heart center Uh, in fact in any of the centers is by way of service that's one word perhaps that should always keep in mind because outward service towards others directs your energies away from yourself and uh, that is the surest way of um, overcoming all these tendencies to focus entirely on yourself 
and if you're you're um, attracted by the idea of service of some kind, then that is an ideal way to begin the process of opening the heart center. And as the center opens, um, gradually you will find that your quality of life, the way you think, as your head begins to <laughs> operate and take control, that you, you will find a softer quality or a more service-oriented quality creeping into your everyday life. And uh, your values may change in very subtle ways. Uh, it, it doesn't happen overnight, but you have to um, be aware of these little changes that take place within yourself. And uh, that's when the heart begins to awaken and you can sense it by these subtle changes in qualities and uh, values. The heart can awaken through silence, through the ability to really listen to others, to listen to what's going on in, in humanity. We spend so much time talking, and a lot of people associate the heart with a heart-to-heart -heart talk when you have a, a problem in a relationship with someone, sit down and have a heart-to-heart -heart talk. It's more uh, like a solar plexus to solar plexus conversation where feelings are dredged up and shared and the conversation ends when uh, both people are satisfied that uh, their essential reaction was justified and right and some kind of cons consensus is achieved between the two of them. Sometimes more helpful is to just remain silent and really try to hear what is behind another person's actions or words or thoughts. One of our co-workers recently, I thought, gave an example of that. He was a volunteer fireman who showed up to, uh, in an emergency in his community. Another volunteer fireman flew into a rage over something that uh, this co-worker did. I don't know what it was, but there was probably a lot of excitement and tension and the other volunteer firemen flew into a rage and really lit into him and told him off. And the co-worker told how, to his own amazement, he simply stayed silent and listened to the man. And when the raging uh, volunteer was done, the co-worker said, well, I guess you're right, I'm sorry. And it so stunned the angry man that later on he came to him and apologized and the co-worker said, oh, it's all right, I've already forgotten it. And he noticed how grateful the man was to him for simply being forgiven, that it was just forgotten. And I think probably the co-worker knew somehow in some level, even when he was being yelled at, that behind those angry words was a human being having a bad moment, and the silence allowed it to pass. And I think if we could all remember it, keep our heads when we're in the midst of such situations it's difficult but the loving forgiveness of silence and acceptance is a, a reaction of the heart right and it's the uh, the voice of the silence you might say mm -hmm. that's that note of the heart that comes through and uh, that that's often the term that is used the voice of the silence it's the silent note of the uh, soul coming through and uh, that's what's really uh, in control, takes control at that moment of the decisions in that person's life. So it's a, it's a very powerful 
a very powerful silence. And that's the great power of silence sometimes. There's an ancient book of rules um, that is quoted in one of Alice Bailey's books that touches on this silent power of the heart. This rule says, Enter thy brother's heart and see his woe, then speak. Let the words spoken convey to him the potent force he needs to loose his chains, yet loose them not thyself. Thine is the work to speak with understanding. The force received by him will aid him in his work. We can't solve problems for others, and nobody can solve our problems for us. We can only give them understanding and the conviction that they have the power to resolve their difficulties. That can be very strengthening. Right, and you have to remember, too, that the heart, is the magnetic power of the heart draws up the energy of the solar plexus. And probably in that example you gave, that the magnetic power of that silence was enough to lift the uh, anger from the solar plexus area of that uh, man who was angry and he suddenly realized what he had said and he was sorry and that was kind of probably an example of the energy of the solar plexus being pulled up towards the heart because the heart that's the function of the heart is to resolve the uh, all the lower uh, unredeemed energies of the solar plexus and, and the energies of the lower centers. It's, and, a, yeah, it's right. a form of transmutation, isn't it? A kind right. of purifying mm-hmm. uh, mechanism. So the heart is a great re- releasing, it's re- lifting power to the, mm-hmm. to the love of the heart. Mm-hmm. It's the energy of the soul, actually, that provides the magnetic lifting pull. I don't know whether we've said enough about the head today, but one final thought on the head is its role in being the director. And we're told by Alice Bailey that because energy follows thought, visualization is a first step in using the head to direct the outcome of uh, one's life. You begin with a pictorial visualization of the desired end and that gradually draws energy to it and provides a kind of a galvanization that then mobilizes enough energies for the vision to be achieved. If we develop this more in our lives, we might attain the goals we want and we might become more and more aware of the soul's agenda, the soul's purpose, which is really why we're here. Well, absolutely, and it's uh, the soul that is acting upon our lower self all the time, and it's it's providing the uh, uplifting power and the magnetic power, and I think we we see it all around us all the time. We may not realize that's what's happening because there's so much going on on our inner bodies and in our subtle bodies in the in through working through the centers and the heart center and the head center and all the other centers, this energy is circulating and flowing and it affects everything that we think and do and say in in the outer world. But uh, we're just not always conscious of uh, the source of these um, 
great energies, but they're there and they're working on us all the time. We're at the uh, latter point of our latest brief contract, and um, it doesn't look like we may be able to continue, but I think what might save the day is if we could have an underwriter who would underwrite the uh, the entire show, and there would be benefits to doing that. So uh, at this point, a little bit of information for you. If you uh, want uh, general information about Lucid's Trust and the works of Alice Bailey, call 1-866-695-8247. That's 1-866-695-8247. Or the easy way, 1-866-NY-LUCIS. Think of 1-866-NEW-YORK-LUCIS. Uh, you've been listening to Inner Sight. Now we would like to close with a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. You want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?